That first announcement was the weirdest thing I've seen in a long time, and yet it fits us to a T. So I'm so excited that you are here in this day, whether you're watching, you know, online or you're here, you know, <laughs> at Barker. I sorry, I can't get over it. peanut butter and jellies in my head for the rest of our time together. Uh, whether you're, this is your first time here because it's XP weekend and maybe you had a family or a friend invited you to come here, we're just excited that you're here. We're excited that you would take the time as we continue in this series that we're calling Influencer, where we're learning from the greatest influencer who ever lived in his name is obviously Jesus. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus or you're new to the faith, following Jesus isn't just uh, fire insurance. It's not just going to heaven. In fact, this whole series, we're walking through the difference that Jesus makes in our lives here while we're living here on earth. And so we're taking time to walk through you know, this series that way. In fact, the words that we're looking at comes from Jesus's mouth, and we find it in the New Testament, in the Bible's book of John. And I'm encouraging, as Kenny mentioned earlier, all of us to read through the book of John now through Easter. In fact, uh, if you've not received one of these cards, you can go to Connecting Point and grab one of these cards just as a reminder. You can submit to, and ask one of these cards online, and they'd love to give that to you as well. In addition, I and some others are doing online devotionals at 8.30 on our Facebook site as well as on YouTube, and you can watch that on a regular basis. Now, if you're behind, again, on Monday, start with John chapter 11. Okay, start with John chapter 11, and then you can catch up if you'd like to, but just don't quit. Just jump in to John chapter 11 on Monday. Now, in week one, we talked about Jesus being the bread of life how he provides the spiritual sustenance that we actually need in order to exist, to connect to him, and be used by him in the lives of other people. Last week, we talked about Jesus being the light of the world. He provides light into the dark areas of our lives and light that leads us on a path of following him. Now today, we get to learn about Jesus being our shepherd, our shepherd, because he says, I am the good shepherd. And there's so many references in our Bibles related to shepherd and sheep. There's over 300 specific references. There's no other animal that's mentioned actually more than sheep in the Bible. Now, as we go through this, I want you to process this from two specific angles. Okay, The first being is I want you to process, is this a person, Jesus, in which I'm interested or ready to start following? to be literally the shepherd in your life. And secondly, if you've allowed him already to enter into your life, is that are you following him in the ways that he's going to offer us as a shepherd? We're going to walk through that today. Uh, the second thing is I want you also to process through the lens as a shepherd. You see, God uses you to care for and to take care of others in your sphere of influence, and he tells us what shepherding looks like in the lives of other people. You have the opportunity on a regular basis to shepherd others. You might be a shepherd of your children, you know, as parents. If you're a life group leader, you're shepherding the people in your life group. If you work with kids, you're shepherding kids. If you're actually in a role as a manager in your job or, you know, in your company, you have an opportunity to shepherd those people. Maybe you're a teacher. Maybe you work in the, in, in the, in the medical industry. Maybe you're a coach or a business person. All opportunities that God may be asking or calling you to be a shepherd to someone else. So those are the two lenses. 
How does this affect me if Jesus is going to be my shepherd? And what does it mean for me to be a shepherd in the lives of other people? And so we're going to cover five ways in which Jesus describes in John chapter 10. So you can open up your Bibles there to John chapter 10. And we're going to be all over the place because I wanted you to see kind of systematically five ways that Jesus describes himself as a shepherd in our lives, and those same five can apply in our lives to those that we are trying to lead and shepherd as well. So here's the first one. Jesus, as a good shepherd, knows us completely. He knows us completely. All the ins and outs, the ups and downs, the good and bad, he knows us completely, and guess what? He still loves us. He still loves us. Now, what's interesting about sheep, you know, uh, themselves, is how they recognize a shepherd's voice. How many of you guys have a dog or cat? Okay, how many? I'm not going to ask you about cats because they don't really matter. How many guys have dogs? Okay. Okay, so here's what we know, you know, uh, about dogs, you know, especially is, is you can have a bunch of dogs that are running around and you just call yours, you can yell a name and it recognizes your voice and it comes running to you. In the same way, sheep have an uncanny, you know, knack for connecting to their shepherd. In fact, in Jesus' day, uh, at nighttime, they would gather multiple groups of sheep and they would come together to protect as multiple shepherds at night. And then one shepherd, would just kind of yell out and almost miraculously his own sheep. He wouldn't have to go and separate and say, which ones are mine, would actually follow the shepherd out because they know the shepherd's voice. In John chapter 10, verse three, it says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. You've seen this all the time, especially, you know, you moms, you have an uncanny instinct when it comes to an infant's cry, right? It doesn't matter how crowded or how noisy your child cries and you're instinctively attuned to that child. You just know, you know, and some of you guys have friendships this way. You're in a crowded room and you recognize the voice and you don't even have to turn around. And you're like, oh, I know exactly who that is because you have relationship with that person. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to self-reflect. If Jesus were to call, would you recognize the voice? Would you know that it was actually Jesus who was on the phone? Would you know that he is the one that is trying to reach out to you? Because who we surround ourselves with, who we allow to have influence in our lives, are the ones that we are most attuned to when they speak. So do you know Jesus' voice? And one of the questions people ask is, well, how do I get to know his voice? Well, you spend time in relationship with him. You spend time in his word. You spend time in prayer. You spend time coming you know, to weekend services. You spend time in life groups. You spend time in service. The more time you spend with Jesus... And you get to know in relationship with him, the easier it gets over time to recognize his voice. But that leads us to the second question, which is, who or what do you listen to now that you're allowing to have influence in your life? Can you identify who or what that is? In other words, when this person speaks, you kind of tune in a little more. When this celebrity says something, when this, when this uh, a person of influence in your life speaks, you kind of stand up a little bit more and listen. Now, it could be a what. 
It could be a news station. It could be an Instagram account. It could be a TikTok. It could be Fox News. When, When they say something, you tune in just a little bit more and you recognize that whatever they say, I'm going to listen to, thus revealing what influence you have in your life. So can you identify that? And if not, I would just encourage you to talk to somebody else before this week ends or before this day is done and to be identify who really has influence on my life because you'll be able to know by the voices in which you and I listen to. In John chapter 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know my father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice. And there will be one flock with one shepherd. Now, what he's specifically referring to is referring to Gentiles. He's referring to the message of the the good news of the message of Jesus Christ isn't just going to be for the Jewish people, but it's going to be for all people. And so it's so encouraging to know, says most of us in this room and are watching online are not Jewish, that it was going to be including us as well. Praise God for that. That's number one. Number one, again, is that Jesus knows us completely as a good shepherd. Number two is it says, Jesus cares for us deeply. Now, you remember that grade school song we heard? Mary had a little lamb, little lamb. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight, but I just want to sing it for you. <laughs> Jesus cares for us deeply. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11, <laughs> I'm weird, I know. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms. That's why I always thought about that, you know, holding them close to his heart. Uh, That's always the picture that I saw in Sunday school growing up was Jesus kind of holding a lamb or the lamb was over his kind of shoulders, you know, as he kind of walked. That was kind of that picture. That's where we get that verse and that picture from. Now, if you think about sheep for just a second, as animals, they don't settle uh, for the good stuff. They settle for whatever's in front of them. Uh, Let me give you an example. When sheep are thirsty, They will stop at a dirty, rotten, nasty puddle right in front of them, even if there is a clean, refreshing body of water within 10 feet from them. They will stop for the dirty, rotten filth so long as it satisfies them in the moment. Many times, you and I see a dirty puddle in front of us And we go straight forward right to drink it because we think that that's all there's going to be in life and that that is going to satisfy us. And it does temporarily. See, sin is enticing because it does bring some short-term satisfaction. But Jesus is our shepherd will care for us and provide us something so much more if we would just hold on to what he wants to provide for us in a more significant way. In in fact, it says in John chapter 10, verse 9, I am the gate. Those who come through me will be saved. They will come and go freely, and they will find good pastures, not just the average ordinary. I'm talking about the good stuff. My purpose, Jesus says, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And how many of us are falling so short of that promise and opportunity for the dirty puddle in front of us? Because we want to get instant gratification instead of trusting and entrusting ourselves to the one who wants to give us so much more. In fact, the Greek word for abundance has a literal mathematical meaning, and it denotes surplus. 
He wants to give you more than what you can ask or imagine. Abundant life doesn't mean an especially long life. Abundant life doesn't mean an easy or comfortable life. Abundant life is the satisfaction, the contentment, and the fulfillment that can only happen through our commitment to the good shepherd, and his name is Jesus. Which is why Psalms 23 is a kind of a familiar you know, psalm to so many. And it starts out, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. So as sheep, are we turning to Jesus to provide the care that we need? As shepherds, how are we caring for those around us? How are we looking to the needs and meeting those needs? And one of the things that I know is a strength of our church, if you're here very long, is we do this fairly well. If you're in a smaller environment, if you're in a life group, if you're in a small group, if you're in a recovery group, if you're in a kids group, a men's group, and something is happening in your life where you need support and you need help and you need a good shepherd, somebody to actually walk the journey with you, I think our church excels at that. If you have an expectation that I am going to be able to do that for all of you, you're going to be very disappointed in a very short amount of time. That the way that God has called us to do it is in smaller environments for us to shepherd and love one another. The third way that Jesus is our good shepherd is he protects us regularly. He protects us. In Matthew 9, 36, it says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. See, sheep themselves are defenseless animals. You know that, right? They don't bark. They don't growl. They don't run fast. They don't shoot quills. And they don't have any claws to actually pull out. They only, besides a little kicking from time to time, there's only two protections that a sheep can provide. And that is, number one, they stand up for each other. When one gets attacked, they just kind of run into whoever it is or whatever it is that's bullying the others. So there's a group mentality. And the second defense they have is the shepherd. Those are the only defenses that they have. One another and the shepherd. See, if they don't stick together or gain protection from the shepherd, they'll become a Snickers bar just waiting to be eaten by a wolf. That's what takes place. We need his protection to stick together as his followers. Jesus actually lists three types of people to be aware of as we go on this journey. He calls them thieves, wolves, and hired hands. Thieves, wolves, and hired hands. In John chapter 10, verse 1, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. John 10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. In John chapter 10, verse 12, it says, a hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. So the spiritual thief or, or, or robber is one who steals sheep for their own gain and glory. They care nothing about those who are part of the flock, except they want their own flock to grow larger or whatever is going to benefit them. These can be spiritual leaders. Jesus is attacking the religious leaders of his day. You can read about this in John chapter 9 as he goes after the people called the Pharisees. But we see this even today. People trying to convince other people to come to their church 
because the church that you're going to isn't deep enough or it's not loving enough or it's not caring enough. And so they'll entice and they'll do whatever they can, not for your benefit. This is what Jesus is saying, be aware of, but for their gain and their glory. Uh, maybe you know others are asking you to be their followers just in general in life. Like, follow me on TikTok. Follow me on Instagram. These are the influencers of our society. But do they really care about you? Or do they care about what you're going to give them as whatever it is that they may be selling or what they want to be able to gain from you? Secondly, and maybe even more significantly, these are religious leaders who are trying to dissuade others from receiving the truth. From receiving the truth. They're spiritually robbing people of what is true, or they twist the truth to make it more appealing so that you can follow them on a regular way. If you follow Jesus, all your worries will go away. If you follow Jesus and give $10, he will put $100,000 in your bank account tomorrow. Just follow Jesus and be able to do that. That's the prosperity gospel that so many have run to with this idea, if I follow Jesus, everything's going to be perfect. And it's just not true. And so there's this idea of not receiving the real truth that comes from Jesus. Now, wolves, they're really smart, especially packs. You know, wolves. You know, the wolf's design is to actually isolate their prey, to get them by themselves. Because if they can get a prey by themselves, in this case, the sheep, it's so much easier to kill and devour and destroy. How many times have I seen people wander from community because the protection is in the group and they find themselves isolated? And they're like, it's just a me and God relationship. I'm good. I don't need the church, meaning the people of God. I don't need small group. I don't need that kind of stuff. And it doesn't take long for the wolves to go after the individual because you don't have the strength of the pack. You don't have the strength of other sheep who can help protect you when you are most vulnerable. So Jesus provides protection by first being the gate. He says, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. See, a gate does two things. It keeps the thieves, robbers, and wolves out, but it also protects us and keeps us in. And you can see this you know, by this picture and this example, where all of a sudden, here is an innocent baby and child, but there's two protections that's taking place, right? There's two opportunities. One is there's this sheepdog you know, that is there protecting the child, and that there is a gate that's protecting the child. Now, you might look at the gate and be like, oh my gosh, that gate is hindering my freedom. That gate is, is, is preventing me from having fun with the way that I should have fun and freedom in this world. And actually, some of the greatest gates, boundaries, or rules that we have are there to protect us, never to hinder us. And the good shepherd knows this, that sheep are prone to wander, prone to leave the shepherd that they love. There's an easy way to leave this good shepherd and go wander. Ooh, it looks good over there. And you just kind of wander. So there's a gate that's put up that says, for your protection, for your relationship, for your strength, stay within these confines and you'll find yourself living and being protected in the way that I've designed. See, Psalms 23, 4 says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close behind me, your rod and your staff protect, and it comforts me. You know what a rod was also used for? Discipline. 
Nobody likes discipline. But if you're a parent, you know the importance of shepherding your kid is going to involve discipline from time to time because you care. And so that is used for some discipline. I'm not talking about corporal punishment back in schools, although I had it and it worked out pretty well. You know, so um, and then there's hired hands, right? These hired hands. Who are we allowing to lead us? So much influence our lives get paid a good amount of money. To push a product, and Jesus is saying, this has nothing to do about money. I know pastors who are in it for the resources, right? Like, as long as I get paid, but as soon as it gets hard, many pastors, I'm out. And you're like, no, you're there to actually protect and come alongside the sheep. So as a shepherd, how are you doing at protecting your people? from the thieves, from the wolves, from the hired hands that are there to actually destroy people's lives instead of actually challenge, encourage, and come alongside them on the journey, which leads us to number four. Jesus leads us intentionally. In John chapter 10, verse 27, he says, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. John 10, 10, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life, as I've said. One of the characteristics of a sheep is I don't know if you know this, they have no sense of direction. They have no sense of direction. They will follow whoever is leading them, especially if it's another sheep. Uh, you remember that question that some of your parents uh, asked this? Hey, if your friend jumps off a cliff, would you jump off with them? How many of you heard a, ver- a variation of that? Okay. Uh, well, actually, sheep would. They actually literally do. You know, don't In fact, there's a story. You can look this up online. In eastern Turkey, about 1,500 unattended sheep fell off a cliff while the shepherds were eating breakfast far away from the flock. Now, the first 400 fell to their death in a ravine, but the remaining 1,100 were saved because the first 400 broke the fall. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh so much. That's kind of sick to think of 400 dead. And it was just fluffy, bong, bong, you know, as they go down there. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but really, how many times do we follow someone who's leading us in the wrong direction that we get caught up in the culture that says, go this way? Okay, if everybody goes that way and everybody thinks that's cool and everybody thinks that's right, then that's the direction that I should go, which is why you might have heard it still is a common expression don't be a sheep. Don't just follow just because someone else is leading or telling or encouraging you or the cool thing or the most financially prosperous thing or whatever it may be because someone is leading. We have to understand where we go. In fact, one farmer said that if you have a bunch of sheep in a barn, stretch a rope across the door before you let them out. When the sheep come out of the barn, the first few will jump over the rope. If you cut the rope, the remaining sheep will still jump over an invisible rope because that's what the rest of the flock did. That's how dumb sheep are when following just whatever the sheep in front of them do. We imitate others in the same way, even if they're doing dumb stuff. How do I know? If you're over the age of 30, just look back a couple years and you're just horrified. Like, why did I do that stupid stuff? When I was in high school or in college or young adult, or why did, and then all of a sudden you're going to realize five years later, why did I do this stupid stuff? And you, you see yourself as you look back, how clear it is that we get caught up into what's going on in the culture. 
which is why we need a good shepherd. Isaiah 53, 6 says, all of us, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Is that true? I know I see that in my own life all the time. Psalms 23, 2 says, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. See, how are you leading people intentionally? Uh, Parents, let me give you, and I know it's always well-received when parents give other parents some parenting advice, but I'm going to risk it and I'm going to throw it out there. Our job as parents is not to raise independent kids. If you're a follower of Jesus, our job as parents is to transition the dependence that they have on us to become fully dependent on their father in heaven. That's the goal. I'm not good at it. I'm still trying to figure it out. But I know that that is the goal because we bought in to what our culture says. I just got to raise independent, strong kids. Independent. No, you got to raise dependent kids on the Lord so that when they leave your house, they continue to become dependent on their father through Jesus Christ. That's the goal for us as parents, life group leaders, And business leaders, how are you leading people intentionally? Leading others doesn't happen just by happenstance. It takes intentionality. What are you doing intentionally every day to check in, to care for, and to lead those who are under your care? It takes some plan, it takes a process, and it takes absolute dependence on God. Lastly, as our good shepherd, Jesus sacrifice. He sacrifices for us willingly. See, sheep are extremely valuable in Jesus' day. In fact, they were treated as a prized possession. You were counted a wealthy man if you owned large flocks because they provided meat, they provided milk, and they provided wool, and they produced offspring. So it would continue on. Shepherds make many sacrifices, many sacrifices because of the value of their flocks that they would, they would protect them and they would do things that other people would normally do because they knew how valuable these sheep were. In John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. John 10, 15, just as my fathers know me, my father knows me and I know the father, I sacrifice my life for the sheep. How much more precious are you and I than smelly sheep? How much more precious are we? See, Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice because John proclaimed early on in John chapter one, here is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That as for him to be the ultimate shepherd, he actually had to be the sacrificial lamb that would actually sacrifice himself for the sheep so that we might have connection with the Father in this life as well as in the life to come. Which is why he says in John chapter 10, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my Father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. So I need to ask you, as we start at the beginning, have you received this good shepherd? Have you received him in your life? That's where it starts. And then secondly, 
Have you aligned yourself or allowed yourself to be led by how Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd? Not who we want him to be, but who he truly is, as I've described to you in John chapter 10. And then as shepherds, are we willing to love, serve, and care even when it's inconvenient? And again, many of you do this so well, and you love and sacrifice for the sake of others. Jesus is the good shepherd, proven by his willingness to sacrifice for us, his intentional leadership, protecting us regularly, caring for us deeply, and knowing us completely. As you look at the screen, which one is God calling you to embrace in your life? Which one is he speaking to you, whether you're watching online or whether you're in the room? And secondly, which one is he calling you to be in someone else's life? Pick one and allow God to do the rest. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this day and this opportunity. We pray you would lead and guide us as we just want to be led by you and to lead others for you. Father, I pray for anybody here who's not yet received you, that this would be the time and the opportunity, whether you're watching online or in the room, just to simply pray, Jesus, I receive you as my good shepherd. Thank you for dying for my sins. Teach me what it means to allow you to continue to be the shepherd that I need in my life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.